Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you so much for hopping on by and tuning in and joining me. Today I have the fabulous Charlie Plunkett with me. She's just absolutely amazing and I'm going to hand over to her so she can introduce herself. So over to you Charlie, please do introduce your fabulous self to my wonderful listeners. Oh my goodness, that was a lovely welcome. I'm feeling all warm and glowing inside. So yeah, I'm Charlie Plunkett and I am a ballet teacher by kind of trade uh, and I also do a lot of work around mindset and I have just literally over the last couple of years um, really delved deeply into this and have created a brand new uh, modality called Chi Ballet which is body of a ballerina mind of a monk without needing to be a ballerina or a monk and so that's that's what I'm known as <laughs> <laughs> yes and it's funny you're also rather known for wearing a tutu aren't you as well <laughs> wearing a tutu at every opportunity and this is I am so excited this is the year of the tutu oh I mean, really? I, am already, I mean the whole year I've got I feel like I've got you know the go-ahead and I've already said to the ladies I teach to kind of just leave a space in their diaries on the 22nd of the second 22 because that is going to be two 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 two. Oh wow so, yeah. yes yeah. awesome so that's, that's going to be two, I'm not sure how many tutus that's going to involve, but a lot. So is it really the year of the tutu? No, I made that up. Oh, you made it up because it's 2022, tutu. It's a thing. I have Tutu Tuesday. So on my, I have a a Facebook group and every Tuesday it's like, happy Tutu Tuesday. And I'll either put a picture of one of my many tutus or I will, you know, find a pretty one. Yes, you've got a lot of tutus as well, haven't you? How many have you got? Got. I really couldn't dive out. I could actually because my husband's not listening. Probably about 70. They've not all been out in one go, so it's very hard to tell. And they're very um, easily too, easily sort of squishable. Mm-hmm. is very forgiving when you show it in the yes. <laughs> But they are beautiful. A beautiful. I mean, I've seen a lot of pictures of you wearing tutus and they are the most beautiful, sort of elegant and fun, sort of... Yeah, there's, there's so much character to a tutu, isn't there? I can't believe we're actually having a conversation about tutus, but it's just brilliant because it brings happiness, tutus. doesn't it? it? It makes you happy. And whenever everybody sees you wearing a tutu, people are happy seeing you wearing a tutu too. Tutu. <laughs> Exactly. And you know what? When I teach my ballet classes on Zoom, my ladies have started, so we'll start the class like in regular, you know, leotard and tights and a little skirt. And then I, we do the bar and I'll say, OK, have a drink, you know, turn the heat. Because sometimes, you know, because we're all at home, um, people think, oh, it's a bit chilly. And then come the end of the bar, they're like, so I'm like turn the heating off, open a window, put your tutus on. And, we, and more and more and more of the ladies that I teach are wearing tutus. And what's so kind of, I suppose, empowering is that these are women that would a year ago, have not even felt confident to have worn a leotard and tights in a ballet class. Wow. Putting a tutu on, owning it, saying, do you know what? I My living room's on the, you know, by the street and I'm sure people are <laughs> thinking, why is that woman wearing? <laughs> that, that's brilliant, isn't it? It's channeling that sort of in a vibe and that's what it is it's making what it's doing what makes your heart sing and if you could doing something that's fun that you feel a bit sort of like yeah it's that in a child it's embracing it it's doing something that's 
brings brings joy to your life and that's what you know I'm all about and I'd love to encourage and encourage people to do that and to embrace it and you're doing that in um tutu fools <laughs> I'll know what to buy you for your birthday Sarah yes I'll have to have a tutu yes absolutely and in fact I was just thinking gosh you'll do it by zoom maybe I have to maybe I have to go back and do a bit of online ballet avec toi honestly I am a great encourager that every woman should give it a go I like to think of myself as kind of like the remedy to possibly if you did ballet when you were a child and you had like a really strict ballet teacher because I had many strict mm. ballet teachers and they kind of sucked the fun out of it, if I'm honest. You know, I, you, when you're a child and you're just, oh, I want to be a ballerina. I mean, I'm still like that. <laughs> and then you have a teacher going, put your shoulder down, do this, do that. You can't have a fringe. You can't wear nail polish. You know, oh, my gosh. Is there anything else I can't do? Oh, you can't have your ears pierced. <laughs> you can't wear makeup. It's just um, yeah, it's And the strange thing is it still is really yeah it still is um so yeah so I am the remedy to that so I'm all about dancing uh for the love of it um for sharing that passion and for that kind of period of time that where you're doing it that everything else is just non-existent that you're just dancing for the joy and you know obviously I do make sure that the technique and all of that's there Mm -hmm. but it's not the main focus it's about like feeling beautifying your arms you know feeling swan-like or yeah just all those beautiful qualities Uh, do you know what you (laughs) i will just um explain what sarah's doing she's doing a perfect fifth position with her arms she has the most beautiful fingers there they're just very graceful you haven't seen my uh, my leggings and slippers mind you i don't think that's quite the right bottom half for a ballerina <laughs> i think as long as you add a tutu you're okay fine <laughs> well, you see, I, I did do ballet right oh gosh when i was very young it was when I say I did ballet, I went to the local village hall and had a few sort of ballet lessons. But at the time I was going swimming and we were, I think we were doing badminton. We, my mum had me doing all sorts of things as a young child. But it was decreed because I was quite big for my age that I was always going to be too tall to be a ballerina. So uh, it was sort of like that was one of the things that was uh, sort of drawn a line underneath. I mean, to be fair, it was only sort of like that running around a room and pretending to be a sort of a fairy and go and do different <laughs> it wasn't really a, anything serious I probably only went probably about half a dozen times but it was it was decreed that well she'll going to be too tall to be a ballerina anyway so we'll knock that one on the head <laughs> these moments we have in our childhood where you were running around and feeling like a fairy <laughs> they're beautiful moments <laughs> I, I'm just 52 and still doing that yes <laughs> absolutely old bands women to do it with me <laughs> I love all your backstory as well. I think it's so exciting because when you told me <laughs> that oh, yeah. you, you ran away to join the circus, I mean, that was, oh, do, do tell us more about that because, I mean, that's really going the whole hog. That's not just doing the ballet and having fun in an outfit. That's doing what we all secretly want to do. <laughs> yeah, so that was, yeah, that was that was a fan. I, I still look at that and think, did that really, you know, happen to me? <laughs> but um, I suppose to kind of pot it down, I, from the age of two, I knew I wanted to be a ballerina. And I, you know, 
danced and despite, you know, the strict teachers kept going and went to vocational dance school, which in itself was like stepping into Mallory Towers. Like it was a boarding school. And that it was, it was literally feasts every night, strict matrons. And you could get away with anything if you said you were dancing. So I do remember once climbing out of the prep study window when we should have been doing (laughs) something academic. And I, I got caught by one of the principals and you only ever saw the principals when you were auditioning for the school um and really special occasions but literally they were like these kind of you know people that you just never saw and when you did you were very well behaved you certainly wouldn't have intentionally have had your leg halfway (laughs) out of the window and I remember him saying to me what are you doing and I said and I'm I'm a really honest person but my 12 year old self in sheer panic said I'm limbering up sir and he said good as you are (laughs) Yeah, so that was my boarding school, and that was very Enid Blyton. And then when I, I went to uh, ballet college in Covent Garden, which again, oh, Covent wow. Garden, it's just like yeah. the, the hub of yes. And when I left, um, there used to be, well, there still is, uh, a newspaper called The Stage. Oh, and yes. we through it looking for jobs. And there was an audition, right? It was around about the same time the Spice Girls were doing an audition as well. Oh, so wow. I could have been in that. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. You really I want know, to join the circus. <laughs> Uh, so yes, that was that's an interesting. They were both, I think, in the same bit of the paper, and so I went for this audition. It said Tahani requires dancers, mm-hmm. and that was all the information there was. <laughs> Tahani requires dancers, and I thought, okay, I'll go for it. And uh, I didn't originally get the job. You talk about height. I wasn't tall enough, mm-hmm. even though I had my CV that said I was a little bit taller than what I actually had. I was standing as tall as I could, but there was some tall. Uh, dancers in there but then about a week later I got a call to say that they really liked me and they would um, have me and I was like yeah great where is it (laughs) Mexico (laughs) it's the world's largest traveling circus (laughs) and at that point the furthest I'd been was on a ferry to France with my family (laughs) gosh so it was quite and it was for nine months so it was quite a culture shock it really was a culture shock to go from that to a third world country uh, with total strangers mm. in this circus that was beyond. Like, even now, it gives me goosebumps. Gosh, we've given it. me goosebumps, actually, strangely. Yeah, Ooh, 40 actually. dancers from all around the world. Wow. Um, this huge lorry that towed the circus. It was this giant checkerboard stage. And then we all lived in these trailers that kind of pulled out. They were they in themselves deserve, deserve an entire book. They they were it looked like a giant Arctic lorry, but when it stopped, it all concertinas out and there was probably about twenty of these little compartments that wow. we lived in. And the bunk beds came down mm-hmm. and this, I mean, again, I, I took a bit of reintroducing back into society after that. <laughs> but um, the shower tray was also where the toilet was and the sink. Oh, my and, God. And it was right by the door. So if you imagine like a train compartment. Yeah. So, you know, and you were sharing it with someone you didn't know. And, <laughs> you know, but over nine months, you got to know them pretty well. <laughs> and all you had was a shower curtain. And sometimes, you know, someone would come in to visit you and you'd just be sitting there on the toilet <laughs> or in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
let's draw that curtain. Um, <laughs> no, no inhibitions. Any inhibitions you've had have gone. <laughs> they had all gone. They really had. But it was incredible. It was kind of, uh, it was somewhere where I got to use all the ballet training, but in a kind of more free way because mm-hmm. it was very much based. We always sort of jokingly said that the choreographer had gone to watch the Moulin Rouge in, uh, ah. Moulin Rouge in Paris and written all the steps down on a napkin because we had, <laughs> because we had um, which all teachers were all taking inspiration from other places. But uh, it was very Moulin Rouge in style. Uh, you know, we had the same music for our finale number, which still now gives me goosebumps. Oh, wow. It's that safe for me dab. I think for a while, a certain fizzy drink company used to use it at Christmas as their tune as yeah. well. So it's really one of those pieces of music you're just like, oh, and it was incredible. So, um, yeah, and then we got to tour America as well. Oh, so my gosh. It, yeah, it was the gift that kept on giving. Yeah. So this was going back 1989. So New Orleans, which was incredible. Uh, wow, wow, Miami. Wow. Uh, where else did we go? Dallas. <gasps> and Monterey, I think it was. Gosh. Well, and so this is all it in nine months then? It's all yeah. in a nine-month period as well. Yes. And then when I came back, I had to reintroduce my feet to shoes because yes. I'd been wearing flip-flops for nine months. Oh, flip-flops my gosh. Flip-flops shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, mm, there must have been some ballet shoes in there somewhere. <laughs> Do you know what? Most of it was heels. I had never danced in heels. and oh. Which was good because I then was taller. Yes. But I remember there was me and one other dancer who'd never danced in heels and they handed us these, like, to me, I was oh like, gosh. what? And I remember, and they were really uncomfortable. And I remember, I so clearly remember putting them over the dressing room rail with all these beautiful costumes, which had all been hand-sewn. And I remember hanging my shoes and swinging off of my shoes just to kind of make them break a bit, really. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> kind of what an experience. And that was, so that was a nine-month period. But full of the texture and the richness and the vibrancy, the, the, the memories that you've got from that are just obviously quite clearly amazing because you st- you're still sort of really embracing them and coming alive when you talk about yeah. them, which is just just amazing. So, so obviously you came, kind of came back from all of that. And I know you <laughs> yes, came back and re- readjusted and ended up in sort of acting, didn't you, as well or something? That gained me my equity card. And so I came back... And, you know, I can see, I did go off again. I did a, another dancing job in a casino in, uh, where was that? Portugal. Which <laughs> and, um, but then I kind of focused in on working the film and television industry for probably about, it was years, <laughs> decades. Yeah. And that's where I met my husband. Oh. So my husband on a film set, which was really lovely. That sounds really, romantic, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. I, it sounds romantic when I say it like that. But we were actually the only two people probably under the age of 70. So we, and it was a night <laughs> shoot. Right. And it was really long hours. And we were in, it was in Canary Wharf before it was Canary Wharf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was an empty block, of, you know. And so, yeah, so we got chatting and, uh, yeah, and then the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. Married and our lovely son. And he was a dancer as well. So we have that shared background. Yes. Does he still dance now as well? Only for me. (laughs) Oh. Does he wear a tutu though, Charlie? No, he won't. Oh, that's a shame. So I actually, do you know what? I've seen uh, Matthew Bourne's Swan Lake with the guys wearing tutus. And it's just such an amazing ballet. It really, really is. And I've seen quite a few of Matthew Bourne's and they're just fabulous ballets. They really, really, truly are. So... You know, now you're doing you 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 work as a ballet teacher, and you obviously you've combined um, chi energy in with the ballet, haven't you as well? And so you do a lot of breath work, which is really important. What I've noticed over 
certainly the last, I guess it's been a gradual knowing that the women that I teach are coming because they want to do ballet and they want to you know there's certain things that we all know ballet is great for like your posture and you know being flexible and I want to be you know a granny that yeah look because see Sarah's limbering <laughs> I'm doing some more limbering up <laughs> but I want to be able to bend down and do up my shoelaces when I'm 85 so um you know we all know there's lots of health benefits but I've noticed more that um they want to feel it's more about how you want to feel rather than oh nobody says I want to perfect a part of Shah today. That is on the top of my list of things to do. But they, you know, for an hour, if I can help them feel mm. really beautiful, really at ease in their bodies and just really just full of joy and that anything else that's been going on in their lives is just, you know, like a puff of smoke is just kind of vanished. Um, and that is why, yeah, that I blended the two together so it's qigong mm. um which is you know the sort of healing movement practice yes sarah's doing a little bit of qigong, Qig- qigong. and for those, actually for, for those of people who don't know what qigong is i mean i i know what qigong is I, I've, I've practiced that with tai chi and qigong in the past and I, I, you know i've done my reiki etc so i know i know more about it but do you would you like to explain to the listener what what qigong actually is in brief the way i see it is it's a healing movement so when I came across it I've trained with the Satori method and they very much kind of if if I was to see some of these movements without having someone explain that it is Qigong some of it is very similar to ballet you know the the movements of these arms coming up over your head for example are very similar to how we move in ballet and they're very slow and they're very smooth and they're very mindful and the way I teach ballet is very mindfully as well, mm. as in rather than being maybe when you were a child and you were learning and it's kind of like, it has to be here and it has to be there. I'm kind of like, let's flow the arms up and beautify it. And it's all about how it feels. And so with the Chagung, the man that I studied with, he was a um, martial arts teacher. Oh, okay. And he used to actively encourage his students to kind of take him down. Mm-hmm. And then one day someone took him down he couldn't get back up again and he really really had injured his back and he um healed it totally by using chigong but he was so injured that he he actually started doing it just lying in his bed because someone for example that wants to um do ballet may have these preconceptions that well for starters a lot of time people go oh, I'm too old or I've never done it or I'm too rusty or I'm not flexible enough or I don't look like a ballerina or you know I don't know how to speak French and it's mm. all in French and I think you know it's a similar thing with the Qigong that people think oh you know it's a healing movement thing I don't think I'll be able to do it but we learn how to do it so you can show someone sitting down and so what's lovely is to take some of these ballet movements and some of these Qigong movements and I can say, so every day I have a practice that I do with my son that's a combination of Qigong. So we do like tapping down the arms. Also, I know both of you and I are into um, EFT, emotional yes. freedom techniques. Yes, absolutely. Tapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the, I'm tapping my chest now. Yes. <laughs> like how a gorilla taps its chest. And that is something that I'm very familiar with from EFT, emotional freedom mm-hmm. technique or tapping, but also in Qigong they use it mm-hmm. um and they'll also like with um sort of um more of an, like, an energy medicine sort of feel to it tapping right in the center of your chest which boosts your immune system mm-hmm. so um so yes yeah, so uh-huh. things like that when i'm sharing them or when i do them every morning with my son you can do them sitting down yes you know, obviously, yep. ideally you do it standing up and you put lots of you know energy into it if it's 
if that's what you want. If it's the morning and you want energy, then we do it you know tapping and it's vigorous and it's bouncing and it's you know flowing you see, that's also quite shamanic isn't it i mean some of the stuff yeah. that i've seen shamanic i mean because it's all about the energy i mean our bodies are made up of atoms that are vibrating at a frequency that creates a solid form and it's how they're vibrating and actually when we're starting to shake them up we're moving them about and that's what yeah. creates all that sort of movement of that energy and shifting things about and that's what helps the body heal itself once you're actually moving things around because if things get stagnant don't they? you get blockages and if you've not moved yes. stuff and you need to have things moving and that's what's important about yeah our health and our well-being and i know even though myself i've been out for an hour and 10 minutes walking this morning and it was i mean we're recording today in 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 blighty in the cold and i was thinking of you as well when i was walking because i thought oh because charlie lives in brighton i'm thinking oh it'd be lovely along the (laughs) along by the seafront this morning but it was really cold um but it's out there and i'm walking and i'm really enjoying it because my legs aren't i've had a few issues so i didn't want to run but i work from home in a bungalow and I don't get the movement that I ought to have yeah. on a day-to-day basis. So although I can be out there doing crazy things like sort of trail running and head torch running and running at <laughs> doing outdoor I, swimming. It's all a bit crazy. Take it to an extreme level, you do. <laughs> oh, it's just great fun. But you know, on a day-to-day basis, I get caught up. So I get I get into all my work that I'm doing, and I know I don't move enough. And and, yeah. and all the things that you're saying, it's so important that movement and that qigong and that energy. And I the qigong that I learned was very much about sort of moving and feeling that sort of energy between your hands and as I yeah I love that when you rub your hands together yes. and you kind of bring them in actually years and years and years years ago in another part of my life I used to work at a natural health center and a lot of this was introduced to me there because I was like their little kind of pet coming <laughs> and so I, they'd walk in and like in would walk in the hypnotherapist and she'd be like how are you and I'd be like oh yeah I'm okay and she'd be like come on in and then she <laughs> she'd give me a free treatment and then someone asked me how are you and I'd be like oh you know got a bit of cold come on in have some aromatherapy so I got very wow all of these alternative um and amazing practices qigong is just like this this amazing energy um which we we, we know about and obviously you integrate that into your uh, ballet which is amazing and you know obviously you've got this wonderful life going on and but yeah what what is it that makes you a happy person charlie i do think I am by nature a happy person, but it's not always being, you know, like everybody, you have your ups and downs, Mm -hmm. but I must admit, I am someone that's very active in finding things that, you know, I was, you know, mentioned about uh, when I used to work in a natural health center, Mm -hmm. my eyes were very much open to all of these other things that you can do. And I like that feeling of empowerment that comes from me choosing uh in more recent years as i've qualified as an eft coach a law of attraction mm-hmm. um and also when i was reiki master you yes. have that shared um love of reiki mm-hmm. uh which i qualified when my son was born so wow. that was oh he's he's 13 now so you know i do that every single day um but yeah i i have been recently doing a lot of um I don't say work. It doesn't feel like work. It feels like <laughs> curiosity. Yeah, I'm yes. a very curious person. So I've been really, really delving into um, the laws of our minds mm. and, you know, that I and the, that empowering thought that I get to choose how I yes. want to show up today. Uh-huh. And so I do that. And probably for the last, well, it's over a year now, every morning I have certain things that I do mm. that I have noticed. Like last year, 
I think was the happiest I've been in my life. Wow. Bear in mind, some of the external factors, I put that down to how I have changed my attitude mm-hmm. to certain things. And I guess what it is, I, uh, I love analogies, but I like to think of myself as being like a conscious gardener. So my inner mind is my garden mm-hmm. and I get to choose what seeds I want to put in there. Yes. Because yeah. I know that if I don't sow the seeds, mm-hmm. that there um, there will seed from the outside world. So if the outside world, um, like I don't watch the news, and I haven't done for decades. No, no. My husband tells me things that he thinks I need to know. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> nice way. But um, he, yeah, he's like my filter, if you mm-hmm. like, because I am a very empathetic person. I'm the sort of person that years and years and years ago, there used to be a TV commercial for the Yellow Pages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how long ago I've watched TV commercials. Um, and it used to be this elderly man, and he was like on a lawnmower and they used to say we think the garden's getting a little bit too much for you oh, yes. Yes. I, I used to cry on that advert and that, that was it then they then they flashed to the end and he's driving around on an actual you know it made it was one of those tricksy little adverts that made you think oh no they're gonna sack him yes but they didn't they bought him this super duper um lawnmower yeah yeah and, but i used to cry because it, you're an empath yes yeah so i'm just for my own happiness mm don't get into that and as much as possible I you know filter it out or what I have been doing is using visualization of you know images of things that I do want but also with the sort of seeding technique of um, planting what it is that I want mm-hmm. um, to grow and obviously you know our minds do get a little overgrown and weeds and I you know I use my tapping every day and I acknowledge some of the weeds that are there and I know that I can pluck them out and you know and there's parts of my garden that are blooming and beautiful and there's parts that I've got uh, big plans for and I know what I want to plant there and you know and so I I am a visual person I do like to do that so every day I and I've done this for every year, I write down how I choose to feel. Mm-hmm. Usually I choose to feel full of radiant health and vitality. Sometimes I tap it in. Mm-hmm. So today I feel full of radiant health and vitality. I feel inspired and I'm inspiring to others. You know, yes. that's what I was Love it, love it, love it. It's awesome. Yeah. Then I do my gratitude journal. So um, I love doing that. I love a bit of science as well. Mm-hmm. It's been scientifically proven that you can't be grateful and grumpy at the same time. <laughs> So just your own happiness, just write down what you're grateful for. Mm. And, you know, even I do it in the morning, but there is a great practice as well of, um, I read a brilliant book called the, you maybe have read it, called The Happiness Advantage. I think it's Sean Acor is the author. I knew from the first moment when I read the first paragraph and he talks about when he was a child and he's about seven years old and his sister's maybe three or four, she's younger, and they're playing, and their parents have said, go in your room, could you just play quietly? Mm-hmm. Because we need a break, just for half an hour. So they're on the top bunk bed, and they're playing. And um, the way he tells the story is quite funny, because he's kind of like, I've got all my soldiers, she's got all her ponies and her mm-hmm. unicorns. And he said, I don't really exactly know what happened in like a seven-year-old boy kind of a way, but she fell off the bed. I'm not sure if I pushed her, because we were <laughs> But there's a moment when she hits the floor and he said I looked and I saw her face going into that shape of ready to to cry Mm because she's hurt herself because she's fallen a long way and she's really little and he said and in that moment in my seven-year-old self he said I said to her I I don't know what her name is but say if her name is Sarah Mm. Sarah 
oh my goodness, I don't believe it. You truly are a magical unicorn. Look at how you landed. His seven-year-old self then couldn't believe what her reaction. He said her face and her mind, he could said, I could see she was having an inner battle. Am I going to cry? Am I in pain? Or, wow, am I actually a unicorn? <laughs> and, she, and she obviously decided, do you know what? Yeah, my brother just said that I landed like a unicorn. I'm a unicorn. She didn't cry. Wow. And that kind of like that really, really young age. And mm. I was just like, oh, I've got to read more. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of scientific tests that are done throughout it. But one of the little techniques in there is that um, even when you think you've not had a great day, at the end of the day, to go back through it scanning for the good things. Mm. So he uses these sort of like um, studies that have been done on people maybe that have jobs that are about finding mistakes Yes. In life. Yeah. So say, for example, if you're someone that does auditing mm -hmm. all day, every day. Oh, gosh, yeah. He, he said that someone he knew, um, he didn't intend to, but he said he realised he'd been keeping a spreadsheet of every time his wife did something wrong. No! <laughs> yeah, oh, because my that was God. his job. <laughs> you must, that relationship's not going to be great, is it? No, no, you, you get what you focus in on. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Lawyers that go home and, um, what's the word, like, giving... Uh, you know how lawyers speak yes. in court? They do that to their children. So where were you at 10 o'clock? Oh, you my know, gosh. With? That, that's... And so he says that you really do need to, at the end of the day, go back and scan for the good things. Absolutely. So, you know, scanning for the good things. So, yeah, so I do that. And then I do my chikung, yes. um, mixed in with some movement. And I always um, add in what I call plies of gratitude, which as a ballet dancer, you'll know it's when you bend your knees, but it also is exactly what you do in Qigong. But we, me and my son, we bring in the things that we want. So if he's off to school, we breathe in knowledge and we let our wisdom and, you know, our oh, race. Beautiful. I just say, what do you want? And he always goes, you. And Aww. I go, let's breathe in family and let's let out love. Oh, that's so lovely. But all it's, of those things, those that, that positivity, that mindset, and it's, it is absolutely what you were said about seeding and weeding. And it's really interesting that you use that analogy because I did some work with my um, spiritual leadership mentor, coach, whatever you want to call them, the fabulous Julianne Hart. Um, and we did some chat. She did some channeling for me um, a couple of years ago, coming up for now. It was 18 months. And it's literally all about that, you know, what we, we what we put in. Um, it's all about the seeding and the weeding and how we're nurturing and what we're looking at and how we, you know, you know, you you're putting in the, the sunshine and the rain and, and anything that's sort of, if you don't feed something, if you don't nurture, if you don't look after it, it's not going to flower. But also there's an analogy that we use and you'll get this as well. The, the acorn is always the oak. It doesn't question Oh, God, I love, that gives me goosebumps, yes. I did a meditation yeah. with, so I do it every week, have like a Zoom call that's very much more about the mindset side of things. I always do a bit of chagung, yeah. but um, it's mostly tapping and um, meditation. But we did one there where, you know, because a lot of the ladies that I um, work with are very much into nature. You know, mm. they really, that's their place. You know, if they're stressed out, they want to be out by a tree. Oh, or, absolutely. You know, and I am very much like that mm -hmm. as well. I'm either dance, dancing or I'm outside. And if I can be outside dancing, <laughs> that's even better. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And that did a beautiful one about visualizing an mm. oak tree mm. and then, you know, seeing this acorn, but then realizing that inside of us is the mighty oak. The acorn doesn't look at the oak tree mm. and say, 
why are you so big? Why are you so powerful? No, exactly. Yeah, and uh, I love, absolutely love that, yeah. Yeah, well, we is. are, aren't we? Because, I mean, the thing is, we, we get, as you were mentioning about the sort of the external influences that we can because we can succumb to because you know we're fed all this stuff all the time but it's like shutting it out it's like no I don't want to hear it I'm not listening I don't want to know because you're feeding into fear and coming back to the sort of the 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 images that you're creating life's an illusion of our own creation and it's what we portray what we want and how we what we visualize and what we see for ourselves is what we get back so you know I could you know look at my wallpaper that I've got here which is very vibrant and go oh I don't like it and not and get a really bad vibe from it but I chose it I love it and it's I get a really warm feeling from it and that's just a simple example but it's how we view and how we look at the world and like you were saying going back on the day and all the sort of the perspective that we have on it you know for all of the stuff that we have going on I've just done this exercise for my reflection for 2021 and put it on my website and uh, it's it's like I felt like I was in a stone tumbling machine for the best part of 2021 it was just absolutely chaos <laughs> but you know uh, this year I've decreed that it's going to be it's much calmer it's going to be much better you know it's what we get ourselves involved in but we can always change it at any given time if yes. we choose to do so we aren't our behavior and what you've done and how you've described it and explained it and integrating all of those elements is just absolutely absolutely magical which is just lovely so they're really good top tips for the listeners as well aren't they which is yeah we're on the same wavelength and I mean I think as well it's you know as I'm getting older and I'm realizing as human beings we have these gifts that other animals don't have Mm. and we don't use them and that you know it you know these sort of like the these laws of your thoughts that I think you know obviously I love the law of attraction that is Mm. one of the laws that you know what I think you know magnetizes more of it to me but um the law there's two other laws that really recently I've like been like yeah I love those two as well the law (laughs) of control where you have the power to choose whether you want to entertain a thought or not Mm -hmm. oh absolutely empowering yeah Mm -hmm. you can it doesn't affect other people in that they can say whatever they like but you have the power to choose mm-hmm. and also reacting you mm-hmm. know that we trying to be less reactive and be more responding to things and yeah. you know um and the other one the law of insertion where i can insert whatever i like into my mind so you'll love this one i was doing last night using it as an example and i you are a runner but i am not a runner and <laughs> well i'm using a runner loosely <laughs> I'm a horrible runner. But we did one where you literally just closed your eyes and imagined that you are a world-class runner Mm -hmm. and that there's a race and you really want to win it and that um, the other people in the race are all equally fabulous. And it was just, you know, kind of seeding that thought of how does it feel Mm -hmm. knowing that you're going to win. Mm -hmm. And then you let it go. Yes. And then you went back in and had the same scenario, but you know you're going to lose. And they're just acknowledging, you know, how that felt that you... You just knew you were going to lose. And then doing it a third time where you're in that first situation, you know you're going to win, you know, you there's total assurance, you're confident, but then actually winning. Mm-hmm. And so the difference being that one of them is kind of a bit like a visualisation, but the it's in that present that it's happened. And there is a different kind of vibration between, mm. clearly there's a big difference between how you feel when you think you can win something and how you feel when you think you can't yes and that's what i think is you know leads to procrastination and all these things which get us stuck is when we 
don't think we can do it. Exactly. But, um, if it, but again, there is a big difference between thinking we can do it and feeling as if it is done. Yeah, but it's about that channeling we, that. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. what you've been describing to me is some classic NLP techniques where you're going into the subconscious or where you're sort of experiencing something, you're future pacing it. And it's going through that exercise and it's anchoring the feeling that you've, you've got when you've, you've got that sensation of actually winning and what that feels like. And so you can sort of almost like click your fingers or you you, you have a sort of a, a technique that you, you draw upon to really channel back into that that sensation so that you've, you know, and you can use that before you go ahead, maybe before you go on stage and you actually, you've already yes. been there, you've already done it, you know what to experience. So when you go out on stage, it's not like a, oh my gosh, because you've already... You've been there. You know what you're going to experience yeah. because you 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 know the results because and you felt good. And do you know what? One of my adages is that what's the worst that can happen? You know, it's a no anyway if you don't make the call. It's you know you just that just get on exactly and do mine. it. I always say, what's the worst thing that happens? Someone says no. <laughs> exactly. And do you know what? If somebody says no, that's fine. You move on. You change to change direction. Yes. I I forever sort of going with the flow and I don't get caught up into the sort of the detail and I just sort of embrace whatever sort of thrown at me very much follow my instinct and my intuition um but yeah you, you there's so many tools and techniques that are available but people yeah. but people have been brought into this sort of whole fear factor of of not wanting to sort of break out and equally so that you know this stuff that gets stuck in childhood and the years between zero and seven when you're sort of in your formative years where you're consistently absorbing all of that that's around you and often more often than not this stuff that happens today that is anchored in childhood that yeah. is just some blocked energy that could clear which removes that fear which gives you that freedom to then go off and do the things that you want to do i mean you just classically just went I'm going off to just an audition. Oh, um, I'm off to Mexico. See you. Bye. <laughs> yeah, and that was before I really knew any of this. So I do think to an extent sometimes you naturally do these things. Yes. I realise I've been using the law of attraction for years, but it's only in like... But I think you see you're an old soul, you see, Charlie. I mean, I, I mean, not, not everybody that's listening will you probably buy into probably what our beliefs are or certainly what my belief is. I don't want to speak for you. But, you know, I believe we have lots of different lifetimes and I believe the human body is just a vehicle for a spirit experience. And so, therefore, you know, if you're an old soul, you've had lots of experiences beforehand, which is why sometimes all this stuff comes naturally. And yes. I, and I know when I really sort of embarked on the journey I'm on, the section of the journey I'm on right now, which was um, in 2015 when I divorced my ex-husband after a 20, at the end of a 20-year relationship. And I sort of suddenly felt like this sponge absorbing everything. But it wasn't like I was learning anything. It was like I was reawakening that was already Re within, yeah. within me. I was going, oh, well, that's what, that explains why I feel like that. And that's why I've recognised this. And that's why I acknowledge that. And it is about recogni recognition, acknowledgement and you know, going with that inner feeling, not what somebody else is telling you what they think they should, you should or shouldn't do, because that's just transference and their experience of the world and them wanting probably potentially the best for you or not the best for you, but wanting to get you to sort of align with them, which is what very much my ex-husband was like. He wanted everybody to be like him. And I told him oh. that would be a very boring world, <laughs> a very scary yeah. world. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I think when you said about childhood, that is something that really appeals to me with the tapping. Yes. I use that a lot for releasing, you know, I had a lovely childhood, but you still realise you've picked up like limiting beliefs along yeah. the way. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear your parents arguing about money and then you end up getting an overdraft when you get your first bank account. And then it kind of like reinforces that my family are not good with money or, you know, all these different things. Absolutely. And so I, um, you have to unlearn stuff. And also just, like you said, letting go 
mm-hmm. patterns from our ancestors. Yes. That, you know, it's, it is so fascinating. But the more I do it, the more I realize that all the good stuff, the stuff that resonates with me, whoever I'm learning it from, because I'm not making it up, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's things that I'm learning on workshops and courses. And I'm going on such a kind of journey of learning as much yes. as I can. Yeah. That they're all actually sort of interwoven and they're all saying the same thing pretty much. Mm-hmm. So yes. whether you're, I'm listening to Bob Proctor talk about the law of attraction or I'm listening to John Kehoe talk about mind powers, they are actually both saying the same thing. It's just they say it in their own unique it, way. Yeah, and in a different language, I, yeah. Yeah, and I love the idea of being a bridge. I'm sure you're the same. Yeah. We've had experiences in our lives mm-hmm. where, you know, if you think of a pit, you know, you there are periods of your life where you're in the bottom of this pit and... I had to find a way to get myself out of it. Mm -hmm. And what I love now is that if I see someone else who doesn't want to go in the pit, I go, hey, look, I've got a ladder that goes, or a bridge, a bridge even better, a bridge that goes across it. So you don't need to go in the pit. You don't need to spend Mm -hmm. 20 years um, learning, you know, all these self-growth techniques because I can pop them down, show you the things that I found in my experience to work really well for me and for the women Mm -hmm. that I work with. And that just gives me such a sense of going back to your question about happiness. Mm. That gives me such a sense of happiness and fulfillment, knowing that, yes, I can be happy about the opening of a box. I literally get happy about <laughs> every single thing. You know, I am very, very grateful for my life and for where I live and for my family and for my health. I'm grateful and I share that every day. But the sense of fulfillment mm-hmm. and being able to share that with others you use the analogy of a bridge and I've always felt that for myself that I feel like I've got a, a, a foot in both camps from sort of the spiritual side without being sort of woo woo because I just thought it's all about universal energies in science I mean I'm reading a, a, a book at the moment I've, I've, I can't see it but it's to do with quantum gravity don't ask I'm trying to read it I'm, 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 I'm absorbing the words <laughs> it's all quantum physics and I yeah when I've heard that word before in the past and I was like oh, that sounds really grown up. Sounds like I need to wear a white coat to read that book. And then, I mean, I read I read this one recently, Cyber Cybernetics. Cyber Cybernetics. The deluxe edition, no less. Mm. Um, and that, totally fascinating. I love reading. And I realised that kind of everything in my life has kind of brought me to this stage that I'm at now. So all the things I think often when I'm speaking with women in, in what you do, Sarah, is that, if you can reconnect with what those things were that you loved doing when you were a child, mm. you know, so for me it was dancing and I love writing. Yes. And sitting on top of the horse chestnut tree <laughs> and daydreaming. Um, but I realised that all the things throughout my life, these little skills that I couldn't really see, the relationship between them, so a period of my life when I ended up being a temp and I had zero office skills. <laughs> Been there as well. Our lives are so parallel, Charlie. Yeah. And yet now, running our own businesses, yes. how helpful is it? Some of the things that I've gleaned along the way. Absolutely. But I would never have gone to a business school course because I would have been like, well, I'm a ballet dancer, I'm creative, I do this. Mm-hmm. But certainly with Zoom and with all the tech, technical stuff, and I, I put online courses up, I know you do, yeah. Um, yeah. and write books, I need to know how to format something mm. in Canva. 
<laughs> oh yes, good old Canva, good old Canva, and even just getting on to do this recording today. You, you, we, we got there in the end, didn't we? Technical. We did, but that was yeah, that was the technical. I don't think there's anything they could have taught us at college. Though, no, no. Well, I learned I learned to type on a manual typewriter, so that's how long ago it is since I did. Anything. I did too, and um, but I only actually had one lesson in it. Oh. And then they took the typewriter back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I had a three-month typing course when I... Oh, it's a long time. Many, many, many years ago. But, yes, I learned to write type on a manual typewriter. And I was moved on to... The, I had to go on the golf ball as well. There was a golf ball typewriter. <laughs> Gosh. You see, I mean, I love that. Now you've just said that, I can hear the sound of the clicking. Yeah. Clackety, the clackety, 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 ding! Clackety, and clackety. I must be the parent of one of the few children of the, his generation that that was what he requested when he was younger was an, an actual typewriter. Oh, he's still wow. a bit bed. Yeah. Oh, that's he interesting. He really was fascinated with them. And now he's, you know, a whiz on the computer, but he loved he didn't want like a laptop he wanted you know an original oh bless him right oh wow I mean your life is just so it's just it's just beautiful it's just amazing and it's I'm just so grateful that we've connected and we and I've been able to have you as a guest on my podcast but just getting to know you through through the platform that we met on and that's the beauty of online stuff as well isn't it you know the fact that you know had we not had Zoom or the net or the uh, um, COVID and lockdown and things like that, the group wouldn't have been connected, set up, and we wouldn't have connected, and we wouldn't be having this conversation now. There's there's so much that you you can reflect back on, like you've already alluded to, and be grateful for because things that have happened, and that's the beauty of shifting a gear or changing. And, and so many people stay in that sort of uncomfortable comfort zone, which comfort zones aren't comfortable. They're just you get. They're familiar, but they're not necessarily comfortable. Yes. Um, but when you have something like this that has impacted the you know globally, you know it makes people start to think differently. Well, that's the that's the idea. But that's a, that's a, that's another <laughs> that's another discussion. Yeah, for I, another you're, day. Ma- <laughs> you're making me think of Tony Robbins when he says, "And I say this to me when there is things going on. I say life is happening for me, yes. not to me, yeah. and it is just a really great leveler." Just it's happening. It's all happening for me. It's not happening to exactly. me. Exactly. Exactly. And if you sort of go with it, I mean, I, I say I had a crazy time last year and um, I took a step back in in November. I got enough, enough, enough's enough. I need to sort of integrate. December, I was about very much about organisation and this year is very much about strategy, but while still going with the flow. So I've got books that are in draft form and have been for the last four years, but I'm going to get those finished the podcast will continue to sort of evolve and grow and spread globally which is amazing and I'm just so grateful to be able to do all of this and just just be sort of peaceful with everything and just yeah really enjoy and get that balance and tune into my body more which is why I've been walking this morning not running and just sort of tuning in but what I was going to come around to because obviously I asked you what made you a happy person I was going to ask you what top tips you'd got for um the listeners but you've gone through loads of things like that I have covered them I think, <laughs> I think yeah. you've covered all of those I mean I pop them up as just saying keep a gratitude journal decide how you want to show up for the world how you want to show up for the world for yourself and for others because whilst we cannot alter other people's opinions and we cannot and it's just not even worth I think you know trying to convince someone of something you know that they're not open to but we can choose how we react to others Absolutely. and we can choose how we want to show up so you know it's um it's like that you know the thing of like when are you going to start acting successful when you are successful you know it's like no sow the seeds of being successful or happy or whatever it is now sow them I will leave you with one other little uh, great little because uh, me and my gardening analogy imagine a farmer sitting beside a field 
and you ask him what he's waiting for and he says, I'm expecting a massive crop of corn, Mm -hmm. but he hasn't sown any corn seeds. He is waiting for just proof. If one, he says, if one shoot comes up, then he'll sow the corn. That is but a, yeah, that's what we do. We're yeah. like, give me proof, universe, give me proof that I'm making the right choices. Give me proof that I'm... And it's like, no, sow the seeds first of all. Exactly. What it is that you want. So, yes, yeah, so I would suggest that and move your body in whatever way it is. So, you know, obviously I love my ballet and the qigong. You love real running. Mm. I love walking out in nature. When it's warm, I love swimming in the sea. Um, you know, just get out in nature. Oh. and definitely just be happy how do people contact you if they need if they want to get in touch with you and hear more about your sort of chi ballet if you go on mastermind.com that's the platform that i host and you just put in chi ballet and okay. what i've got will come up that's probably the easiest place or on facebook i've got my chi ballet body of ballerina mind the monk it's a private group but mm-hmm. i can let people in i think you should have an icon on your website that pops up with a tutu i think that should it should have a little icon little tutu skirt don't go giving me any more ideas (laughs) (laughs) oh it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much again and um yes we shall have to book in a virtual coffee soon and then book in a real life meetup but uh, thank you so much for being a fabulous guest it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much charlie thank you sarah thanks for listening to the harnessing happiness podcast with sarah j naylor if you took value from the please follow the show on your podcast app and to find out more about sarah's ape mindset visit sarahjnaylor.com that's sarahjnaylor.com